It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Milwaukee Bucks and falling in double overtime. SGA drops in 39 points, and the Thunder barely lose this game after some questionable calls by the officials. We'll talk SGA, we'll talk Josh Giddy and Poku popping in this one on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling in double overtime despite SGA dropping 39 points in this one. The Thunder got a big game from Josh Giddy and Alexei Pokashevsky, and Mark Degnaut shows you exactly how he's going to coach in the future. And Trey Mann stepped up in a big way offensively. The show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. By LinkedIn, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. Wow. What a game. It was a long day. I was in the Paycom Center last night for 13 hours. He recorded this podcast at 2 a.m., Still having to battle through a cough, which is just making it tough to talk to myself for 30 minutes, but I'm doing it for you, the listener, so you're welcome, or I'm sorry, because it's going to be hard to to suffer through due to the cough, but this game was incredible, and there are so many different avenues to go down. We're going to talk about a wide range of topics, from the refs to Pokashevsky to SGA, Josh Giddy, 
We're even going to talk about Mark Dagnall in this game as well. So let's start with the game overview the way we always do. So coming into this game, you just watched the Blue dominate the Warriors uh, and Usman Jing looked incredible. And then the the Bucks in the middle of that game announced that Giannis would be out tonight. So no Giannis, no Chris Middleton, no Drew Holiday, no Joe Ingles, no Pat Connaughton. Like these are not the contending Bucks, right? These are not the the nine and one Bucks. And the Thunder were only missing Chet Holmgren, of course, but then they they were also missing Jalen Williams, Usman Jang, uh, Eugenio Murray, and Lindy Water. So they were all playing in the G League, uh, and they'll all play again tomorrow. Besides Eugenio Murray. So the Thunder starters were SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. However, Jeremiah Robinson Earl only played 12 minutes. The real five that had the most minutes, the five most minute getters were SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky, and Trey Mann. The biggest story right now around this game has to be the officiating. Between the lob play with 0.6 seconds left in overtime that had the foul on Lou Dort, between the Mike Muscala illegal screen, the confusion on the block charge continuation play, just an overall really odd and bad game from the officials. Now we'll see if that bad game eye test matches the last two-minute report tomorrow afternoon, but... Watching it in real time, it just did not look like a well-officiated game. And after the game, Mark talked about it, mentioned that, you know, some of the administration stuff was more concerning to him than the judgment calls like the Fallon Ludor. It was more so the inadvertent whistle. It was more so the, the not keeping track of the bonuses properly. It, were, it was those kind of things that, that bothered Mark more so than these judgment calls, but... Overall, from top to bottom, just a really weird officiated game. And the Thunder do lose this do lose this game, and we'll talk about how they lost it coming up, but let's talk about some individual performances first. Alexei Pokashevsky gets two first half blocks, has 11 first half points, two for two from three in the first half. And he finishes with 17 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. He shot 57% from three by going four for seven. He shot 54% from the floor. And yet, you have to feel bad for him because he had this great game, but the only thing people will cling to is, yeah, on what looked like the last possession, of course, did not end up being the last possession, but what looked up being, being the last possession at the time, it was Poku airballing a clutch three where SGA doesn't get a touch, and you're just left beside yourself. And, and yes, you want SGA to touch the ball in that possession. You want SGA to be the one taking that shot. But that should not negate how good Pokashevsky played. He was everywhere on the court tonight. He, he was really looking stellar. And this was Pokashevsky's new role, new identity as no longer this gimmick trying to be a unicorn type of player, but more so just a natural basketball player that's filling his role on the team. And sure, there's still mistakes, right? The 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 last shot was not a it was an ill advised shot. There's still mistakes, but the 
pros are starting to outweigh the cons with Pokashevsky. And that's a great thing to see, especially when you consider his starting point. So Poku played great today. Josh Giddy, from the second quarter on, if you just lop off that first quarter, Josh Giddy was phenomenal in this game. This game does not reach overtime nor double overtime without Josh Giddy. His unreal efforts to create and manufacture boards and save possessions down the stretch is what allowed the Thunder to get those second chance looks. It's saving the ball after a Ludor air ball. It's diving at the rim whenever there's three bucks surrounding the rim, getting the defensive rebound and poking the ball out back to the perimeter, slapping the ball back out to the perimeter. This is how good he was, folks. 18 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, only one turnover, only one foul. Remember, much bigger team in Milwaukee than Oklahoma City has, and still only one foul. And to put all that in perspective, he was so efficient that, remember, he missed at least two, I think three, but I'm going to say two because I know for two for sure. He missed at least two bunnies early on in this one. He went 0 for 4 from three. And yet still, he shot 47% from the floor. That's how efficient he was. This was the Josh Giddy that you got used to seeing last year. that We had not seen a lot of this year, especially after the ankle injury. And folks, it's almost like you need to give these young guys time, these young guys the ability to grow, to get over the injury, right, the ankle injury, and get the rust off from it, but also just to find their groove. And so we'll see if he can turn this into another good game on Friday against the Raptors. But this was a fantastic game for Josh Giddy, and he quite literally saved the game in the fourth quarter to at least extend it, obviously, to, this, to the first overtime and second overtime, because without it, they lose in regulation. Coming up, though, let's talk SGA and the fact that he dropped 39 points and how phenomenal he is. I also want to talk about Mark. I think that Mark not has shown you this season, but specifically in this game, the type of coach that he is going to be as this team continues to get better, as this team continues to try to win games, and as this team eventually fills out this roster to a, a contending status. Plus, we'll talk Trey Mann, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, and how this game shaped up in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. All that is still to come on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn. Folks, LinkedIn is there for you. Go to linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA to post your job for free. Get the applicants you need for free by going to our good friends over at LinkedIn. What LinkedIn allows you to do is that with all these potential hires, you can really feel the high stakes wagering upon your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available for your job. That's why when you check out LinkedIn jobs, you have those right people for you. You get them faster and for free by going to LinkedIn jobs. Just make sure you put on the hashtag we're hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And they give you so many tools that are simple to use, like screening questions, and they can easily focus in if you're if your applicant has the right skills and experience for your job. It makes it easy for you. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering qualified hires versus leading competitors. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Check it out today. LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn.com slash LockedInNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn, we are talking about this epic two-overtime game. I want to thank you right now for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball, and after every single game, we're also doing that. For your second listen, check out the Lockdown Today podcast, Lockdown Sports Today. It is incredible because it gives you the games that matter most, the biggest stories in all of sports. You go beyond the box score and behind the scenes with our good friends over at the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. So check them out today wherever you get your podcast from. Let's continue this game, and let's talk about SGA. He made some excellent passes in this game that are going to get overshadowed because he only had a couple of assists. But he made some excellent passes, including one where he just threaded the needle to a wide-open JRE under the basket uh, for an easy layup. I also want to talk about this point before we get into like all the glitz and glamour. SGA picked up his fourth foul at the 840 mark in the third quarter. And yet, Coach Mark Dagnall let SGA play with four fouls. And in that, SGA did not pick up his fifth foul until overtime. So that trust was rewarded uh, for you know for Mark and SGA in letting you play through it, letting you play with the fact that you have five you know four fouls. And Mark touched on this before the game, talking about how. You know, there's there's two areas that he thinks after after watching this team for ten games, and he said before that you know, ten games is the, kind of the the data point he uses. Each ten game intervals is where they start to reflect on what just happened. He said that the two areas that he thinks are going to uh, what he was getting at was was regress was the amount of turnovers that they are forcing. They're forcing an abnormal amount of turnovers. They're still going to force a lot of them, but not to the dramatic extent. It's been twenty turnovers a night or whatever it is. It feels like anyway. And he does not believe that the, that the Thunder are going to foul as much as they are fouling right now. I mean, it's, it's every night. Lou Dort has four. Every night, SGA is four, five, you know, whatever, fouling out. Like, every night, the, the Thunder are in foul trouble with their with their key guys. He thinks that that's going to calm down eventually. It didn't come down in this game yet. But still, showing that trust and faith in SGA to play through it was a big deal for me. Of course, the biggest play of the game was the step-back three that looked like it would have been a game winner with .6 seconds left in overtime. But the step back three, incredible finishes. He went two for five from three, shot 54% or 52% from the floor, finished with 39 points, five assists, five rebounds, two blocks, 
and went 11 for 13 from the line. SGA is just incredible. And SGA is an all-star. He's playing like an all-NBA all player, MVP player. Let's see if he can continue that. But in general, he's going to for sure make the all-star team. He's going to be for sure be in Salt Lake City here in the wintertime. I might have to ask David Locke if he can find me out there, maybe maybe land on his couch for a little bit and watch SGA play in the All-Star game. Who knows? But before we get all over the hill on that, SGA had a question asked to him after the game about how you address the team. And it sounds kind of, when it, when it first hits you in the mouth, it's like, whoa, how does SGA address the team? He's 24 years old. Yeah, he's 24 years old. He's also been in Oklahoma City for five years now. Four years now. He's also, you know, he's also the veteran leader, the max contract guy, the best player on the team. He's the guy. And so how do you address a team? How do you address a team after you lose in double overtime in a game that everyone feels like you should have won? And he said, look, there's 71 more. You just got to keep on, you know, pushing through. I think that that message was, was good to hear from, from SGA. And it was it was clear that, you know, the losses sting and it stung all the players. Like it, It's always a different vibe after losses in the, in the press conference room. Uh, but there are still some things to grow from this. And I think that one thing that we've learned from this, just as observers, is Mark's coaching style. I believe that Mark Degnaught is going to be the head coach of this team as they get back to the playoffs. I believe that the next time this team's in the playoffs, he will be on the sidelines. I believe that Mark is the best pure basketball coach the Thunder have ever had. He doesn't have the fancy players, right? He doesn't have Russell Westbrook, doesn't have Kevin Durant, doesn't have James Harden, doesn't have Paul George, doesn't have Steven Adams, doesn't have those kind of players. But pound for pound as a basketball coach, if you put him retroactively on those teams, those teams will be better. If you put those coaches, Scott Brooks, PJ Carlissimo, uh, Billy Donovan, you put those coaches with this team, this team is worse, especially defensively. So all I say that to preference this with, I believe in, in, in Mark Tegnaut. I know that a lot of people are hesitant to buy in on him for some reason and, and wonder if maybe he's just a developmental coach and then they hire a real guy once they get competitive. No, I think that he is their guy. I think that it's rightfully so. We've seen even in these seasons where it's been more developmental focused, I think that we've still seen signs of him being a really good coach. Now, sadly, in the way that we we work in the media, as we're all a part of it, we don't give coaches credit until they do it in the playoffs. Like Nick Nurse, for example. Nick Nurse surprised everyone when he burst onto the scenes, won the finals in 2019. He was doing those same things in the regular season. He was doing those same things in the G League, right? He won the G League championship as well. We just don't we just don't acknowledge it or even or even try to analyze it most of the time until the playoffs happen. But I think that what Mark did in this game was he showed you, and we've seen this whole season, that he's shown you how he's going to coach. He's not going to be a guy that sits on his hands and just hopes, hopes that these guys figure it out. Oh, we've got to to roll the ball out there, roll the ball out there, let them play. Let the superstars play. Let's see what happens. He's not going to do that. He's not going to just sit on the bench, hand, hand it on his lap, you know, head in his hand. Oh, shucks. Can Kevin Durant bail us out? Oh, I don't know, Russell. Just try your hardest. He's not going to do that. He's going to exhaust every resource that he has to maximize every player on this roster. He played 12 guys in this game, which is every single player that was in uniform. There's not a single guy in uniform that did not play. He tried everything defensively. Man-to-man, blitzing the pick-and-roll, switching everything, box-in-one, 3-2 zone. 
Like, he did more switching of coverages in this game alone than most teams do in a month. He played offense, defense with Kenny Hustle and Trey Mann. He called a timeout less than a minute into a quarter, which is a common trend for him. I think that's been very clear throughout this first three years of his career. He's not going to be somebody that just is, is passive or is just sitting around doing nothing. He's going to try to find ways to be aggressive and to maximize his roster. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him coach. I mean, the, also, the out-of-timeout the out uh, plays are fantastic for him. Now, of course, Josh Giddy plays a big role into that because he's a great inbound passer, but the two have to work together, obviously. You, you can't have one without the other. The, the, the cutting from Lou Dort is drawn up by Mark uh, Dagnall, presumably. right? So it, what we've seen from him, though, I think is going to show you what you can expect when this team is playing in a playoff series where they're going to try everything that they can and see if it'll actually work, see if it'll actually uh, get the job done. So I just wanted to point that out before we go any further. I thought that this game really showed kind of what his MO will be about moving forward as the head coach of the Thunder. We'll talk more about this coming up, but first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is incredible, folks. It is your number one source for daily sports betting, odds, lines, props, news, scores, info, podcasts, articles, previews, whatever you need. They have it over there at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. They have football, both pro and college. They have basketball, both pro and college. Soccer, World Cup, esports. They have baseball for prop bets on who Aaron Judge will sign with if you're a big baseball fan. They have everything you need in May boxing horse racing, all that fun stuff. You can go right now. It's this easy. BetOnline.net, sportsbook. Then when you go to the sportsbook, you go on down to basketball, and boom, you can start to bet on college basketball or NBA basketball uh, of your choosing. You can also bet on NBA draft stuff already. So who will be the first overall pick? Obviously, Victor Mignogna is a huge favorite, but surprisingly, Scoot Henderson has longer odds than the field uh, at the first overall pick. So, you can go over there, bet on that kind of stuff at betonline.net. Check it out, explore the site, see what you like, see what you want to bet on, uh, and check it out today. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by LinkedIn, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling in double overtime till the Milwaukee Bucks in what was a surprisingly... Weird game from the refs to Javon Carter just going off and playing better than he's played in his entire career, it feels like. Obviously, he's a career high, but even going back to his West Virginia days, it not seem like he was this kind of offensive threat in most of these games. But Trey Mann 
really got going tonight. Back-to-back threes to end the third quarter to grow the Thunder lead, which they eventually, of course, lost in the fourth. But great job to end the third. Then he hit the three that would have put OKC within one uh, with 12 seconds left in, in the second overtime, which was wiped away by that Mike Muscala illegal screen. That that screen being called, illegal screen being called there, was so huge because if you let that train man triple stand, the Thunder are now within one. There's 12 seconds left. The Thunder can, of course, at that point foul, put them on the line, and even if they make both free throws, they can still tie the game up in one shot. So, uh, obviously, Trey Mann couldn't couldn't impact or foresee Mike Muscala getting called for the illegal screen. Still, he shot 50% from the floor and five for nine from three. Six rebounds and assists, two steals, 21 points. Really stepped up in quite a big way in this game. I want to talk about also Jalen Williams. Had a posterizing dunks. Created extra, extra possessions in this game for the Thunder. Nine points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks, one for two from three. And yes, the last individual performance before we get into this entire game. Lou Dort. Airballed threes late in this game. Shot 35% from the floor, 33% from three. Seven rebounds, three assists, four steals, 12 points in there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can proclaim. There's nothing you can have a take about. You just kind of feel bad for the guy. He's in a brutal cold slump. I don't think that this is the player that he is. I don't think that he signs the contract and magically forgets how to play basketball. Magically forgets how to score. Magically forgets how to how to shoot a three. I just don't think that this is who he is. It's who he's been for 10 games. That's true. But what if, right, what if, take a step back, we eliminate these 10 games and we take the Raptors game as game one of his season? What if we do that? And we'll see where it goes from there. I, I, I just refuse to believe that, that, that Lou Dort is this bad. He's still playing good defense, that's obvious. But it's, it's just tough to watch because you... You don't know what to say. I can't tell you what's exactly wrong with him. He's taking good shots. He has wide open looks. They don't go down. He's still playing good defense. He's actually improved as a rim decision maker. Of course, he still has some faux pas, but it's improved from where it was. Just the three-point shots aren't falling right now, and I don't know how to fix that. I'm not chipping one. So how did the Thunder end up in this scenario? There's 15 lead changes, 18 times this game was tied. The Thunder fall 136 to 132. The Bucks won the rebounding battle by only one rebound. The Thunder were fighting their guts out all night on the glass. They were tipping balls out to the perimeter, trying to make things long rebounds, coming in late, swooping in for, for a rebound whenever the Bucks kind of relaxed a bit, thinking that they had it all to themselves on a clear-out rebound. Uh, the Bucks had three more turnovers than OKC, so another game in which the Thunder won the turnover battle. The Thunder shot 45% from the floor, and the Thunder shot 40% from three. You actually had a good three-point shooting night from the Thunder, but the Bucks shot 47% from the floor and from three as well. The Thunder won the points in the paint by 10 points in the paint. They won second chance points 17-12, to 12, and they won fast break points 14-7. to 7. But it was Javon Carter who had 36 points and was just making some ridiculous stuff. Like, Javon Carter... Whatever he ate, drank, wore, whatever, 
to this game, during this game, and after this game. He needs to repeat that process each and every game because the, the shots he were he was making were just, if you're playing 2K, it'd pop up, excellent release, 100% smother. And you just throw your hands up and go, out. What, what can I do, Ronnie? What can I do, Ronnie 2K? I mean, I'm playing great defense here. Great stuff from Javon Carter. You got to tip your cap to him. The Bucks had six players in double figures. The Thunder had five. MVP of this game, of course, SGA. But Josh Giddy and Poku both deserve some recognition there as well. So on tomorrow's show, which will be out later today, we'll talk a mailback podcast. We're going to recap that blue game that I talked about earlier in the podcast. We're going to recap that blue game, then answer your questions on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. Friday, we'll talk college basketball and the NBA draft coming up as well. So until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.